Welcome back, and here we are on Friday on the Airport Minute, where each and every day we go through the 137 glorious minutes of the greatest disaster movie ever made in 1970, Universal Pictures, World Center production of Airport. I am one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm host number two, Mark Cerulli of CovertOps.tv, and uh, today we have two personal friends of Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Ethan McKinley and Ellie Fitzgerald from uh, the UK. And uh, they uh, host the Two Minute Terminator podcast. You sound like you're from London. Hello, everybody. Bob's your uncle. Thank you, Mr. Van Dyke. Vanish your uncle. Bob's your uncle. Is that a typically British phrase? Uh, It it was. Yeah, or Robert's your father's brother. That's the the variation. (laughs) Hello, uh, listeners. We are happy to be here. Thank you so much. We're honored to be here. on the show with uh, you two legends. This uh, is my first guest show. It is. This uh, is my first. Are we the one. first British guests you've had? Uh, yes, you are the you are the furthest furthest distance guests we've yes. ever had. So That's thank thank first. you very much for setting a new distance record. <laughs> it, it, uh, it's it's stunning and. Uh, yes. Uh, unless now we do we do do these minutes out of order, so unless we get Jacqueline Bissett in as a special uh, guest on an earlier minute, you guys still hold the record. Excellent, so. nice. <laughs> well, I've got a few bones to pick with uh, Jacqueline's behaviour, not necessarily in this minute, but her professional behaviour as an air steward. Is it stewardess uh, on an airline? <laughs> she seems uh, to me. She seems like she's on Valium. She seems very chill. No, that's what she's like. In fact. Uh, Movie fans, you'll know uh, Jacqueline Bissett, of course, a Bisset uh, from the deep with with Nick Nolte, like everyone's favourite crap tramp. And of course, uh, <laughs> she's in class, the Andrew McCarthy Rob Lowe film, where Andrew McCarthy has an affair with her, uh, and he, Rob Lowe is his kind of college roommate. It's a really kind of a funny film. You remember? Class, really, she didn't. She didn't sleep with Rob Lowe as opposed to Andrew. No, McCarthy. Rob Lowe's the son. Oh, yeah. What had an oh, extra? They could have called the whole movie awkward. <laughs> so, uh, how do you play it, guys? I mean, uh, I've watched all uh, their airports now. I'm I think sorry. I, asked you, hmm? I, I, <laughs> I said I'm sorry. <laughs> what prompted you to, uh, to, uh, to, to do an airport minute? Is it a favorite film of one or, or both yeah. of you? It is uh, a, a favorite film of mine. I've watched it since uh, since the movie was out. We are Mark and I are both very, very, very old people. Yeah, yeah if it were and... up to me, uh, we'd be doing the Thunderball minute, but you can't have everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Bond the Bond movies have been done on podcasts, yeah. so this one nobody has even thought of doing airport minutes. So why not do this? Choice. He'd be doing it on Into the Night. Never say no never again minute. Which is a... Oh, oh my god. You're doing an Into the Nightman. I would, I will be on the show, and please have me on every other episode. Oh my God, One of my favorite movies. It is, is it really? Oh, yeah. Oh God, David Bowie, and oh, although God, body, so weird. Body, body by Jake, Body by to, Jake is in it. Yeah, I have to say, for no justifiable reason, I can't explain to anyone why it's good or why I like it. I don't know what's what's good about it. It's like cool. you can it's the most rewatchable film I have. It? Yes, yeah. yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, Blood Brothers. Now, yes, it's. Uh, <laughs> Oh my gosh, Catherine Harold's in it. And, yeah. Uh, Paul Mazursky. Yep. Yeah. <gasps> Roger it's, I think it's got the most celebrity cameos, all kind of like you have to be a super movie nerd to get it. Apart from yeah, Spies yeah. Like Us, the other John Landis film, of like kind of in producers what? and things, having little, like you said, Paul Mazursky's in it and stuff. There's all mm. these wacky, tiny cameos that even I didn't know. I think uh, Jack 
Who's the guy that he, he directed The Incredible Shrinking Man? He's the, it's okay, he's a nice dog. He's a nice dog. He's a famous yeah. like, Hollywood uh, monster. I think he did The Creature from the Black Lagoon as well. Oh, Jack someone. Damn, damn it. <laughs> Janet. So it's my favourite film. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah def- definitely. Oh. Into the minute. <laughs> oh, please, yes. If you do put me down as, as list for minute number one, and you know any <laughs> any odd minute you have left over, I, I can talk about that movie forever. My my wife is sick unto death for that movie. <laughs> wow. Yes, very very it enjoyable. Like a new film. marriage is forming right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got you uh, booked in for a, uh, what is it? An upcoming uh, Amelia Clark minute for our oh yes our show Terminator Two Minute Terminator. <laughs> yes, so we can listen to uh, Amelia's uh, best American accent. She, yeah. she does a pretty darn fine uh, L.A. accent that uh, I you know if you did like like we were talking about on your show if we you didn't know she was from overseas you'd think that she was born on these shores so it's uh, it was. It was very impressive. But, yeah, yeah, uh, you just, we did discuss that, didn't we? Because to, to an English ear, sometimes American accents, uh, we can't tell, you know? Well, you, <laughs> you guys, uh, it, it, yeah, it, it depends I on the... Probably. Probably. No, I, I haven't heard Ellie's, Ellie doesn't do many accents. I, I haven't heard her American accent yet, I don't think. What's your American accent? Cause oh, I think I'll, it, throw, I'll throw it in somewhere in the show and you won't know it's coming. Okay. Oh, okay. It'll be, right, we'll be listening. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, well, let's let's talk a little bit. Of, let, let's talk a little bit about minute sixty-five. We are we are uh, buried deep in the uh, in the airport. It's almost uh, launch time for uh, flight two, global transglobal flight two. Um, the, while uh, poor Helen Hayes has escaped, or lucky Helen Hayes has escaped, and uh, dear uh, Mister Peter Coakley and Tanya Livingston are looking frantically to call every single airport, every single airline, and every single gate to tell them to watch out for a little old lady with a, a dead weasel on her head <laughs> am so, i now i couldn't find her because i think they used a different picture of her on imdb is she from the cat from space and escape from which mountain or one of our dinosaurs is missing mountain. she's like a disney old lady and disney I, old lady. I swear i've seen her in so many things and i can't what's her name she uh, Hel- helen hayes has Helen she wasn't in any, okay. I don't think she was in any Disney movie. She was in a couple of, I think the last movie she'd in bef- been in before this was 1962. She was in a lot of early 1930s movies, very popular back then. But yeah, then she's she, even older than we are. Yeah. So. Or she was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was trying to think what I'd seen her in, but uh, I, I, I thought it was like one of our dinosaurs is missing, the Peter Ustinoff Disney film, and I, it, there was like two or three old ladies in that. They steal, um, like, I think the Diplodocus or the Diplodocus from the British Museum. And oh it's, it's like this giant farcical hijinks chase movie with, keep like, three old ladies. Keep, keep talking. I'll go on IMDb and nobody will notice. <laughs> no one's going to notice. Keep I'm doing talking. that as we speak. I'm just trying to... Uh... Herbie Rides Again. <laughs> yeah. She was in Herbie Rides so, Again. Wife yeah. really? 5 oh. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. There are so many minutes opening up now. Uh, Herbie rides again minute. Yeah. Uh, my overriding uh, thing with the when we're all actually on the plane is uh, orange was a big thing in the 70s. The plane is orange. The curtains are orange. The seats are orange. The carpet is orange. Jacqueline Bissett's outfit is orange. Dean Martin's and head is orange. Yes. And, uh, and Jacqueline, Jacqueline Bissett's hair is orange. That's, yeah. that, that is a, and it's a color not found in nature. That is just solid. Wow. Also, I was going to say, watching this, I forgot like uh, the amount of parallels between airports. The Zucker Brothers film. Uh, oh, yes. Airplane, yes. Airplanes. Airplane, yeah. God, watching airports. Sorry, Jack. English brain fart listeners, I apologize. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, what was it, I going to say? There's a man on the train who's, uh, or on the, is it before the plane or on the plane? He wears glasses and he's the guy that's at the end of the airplane going, I'll give him five more minutes. He's stuck waiting in the cab. You know? Oh, yeah, in airplanes. And then if you watch at the end of the credits, there's a Marvel movies kind of like button to the scene where they kind of yeah. like a, a thing. Is he on this plane? Is it the same actor? No, no. The, uh, the actual, the actor that was, uh, that was playing in this, uh, is, uh, the guy that plays Marcus Rathbone in this is just a character actor named Peter Turgeon. Okay. Uh, and he's been in a million movies. But the guy that's in, here, it's an American joke and, and it's long forgotten. Uh, the guy that was, in the taxi was a fellow named Howard Jarvis, and Howard Jarvis led a tax revolt in California in 1980. He uh, he made a he made a a bill was passed through the California legislature called Proposition 13, which limited the amount that state taxes could go up to two percent a year. And he was loved and hated in California, so he was well known <laughs> for that six month period when they were voting for Proposition 13, but. You know, watching this is now he's the guy from Airplane instead of Dude, being. No, it's hard, man. Yeah, no, well, because the man I'm, I'm I got him confused with is the one that goes, "Oh my god, he's got a bomb!" When Van yeah, Heflin has the suitcase, that, that's, and it, that's what exactly. Yeah, that's him. the guy that shoved the kid on the bus. Yeah, yeah. Get, w- go wipe your nose somewhere else, kid. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's also the one that complains about the two dollars that that he's going to have to pay to get on the bus. And also, he complains to uh, Jacqueline Bissett about his uh, stale nuts. So he's not the guy who's... <laughs> well, well, we don't know about that. Yeah. For his cab driver to return an airplane. Okay. Right. Oh God, he's yeah. so much like him. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it, it's, and now, it, I think when you watch Airplane again, you'll suddenly get a lot more jokes. You go, oh, that's what they were talking yeah. about. They're talking about this movie. Yep. And it's all, it's all right here. And it's a shame a lot of people have never seen Airplane. I was one of those people, but now the, the comedy makes perfect sense to me. The ones I remember as a kid is Airport 77, which I, I told you this, Jim. It's like one of the greatest movie posters ever, and it's got the airplane stuck under the sea, and like I oh, guess yeah. the, the tail is sticking out, and that, that tells you what the movie's about. It's such a great poster in that sense that it tells a story. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> another thing, uh, George Kennedy in this and Dean mm. Martin, it's one of those movies uh, like, where men were men. Yeah. And the women are, are kind of like simpering, and he, he's like call out, and he's got to go and do the job of moving the place. Like, damn it! And she's like, "Oh, darling!" And she's like draping herself on him, and like D mine. There's a God. There's, it's not from this uh, moment. Sorry, listeners. I'm like, uh, even you talked about almost. <laughs> no, every it's fine. It's fine. Is... Other than the minute we watched, <laughs> well, there was a quote. He's like, uh, "I just oh. think they all look like they're out of Thunderbirds." No, D mine. His, his <laughs> line is funny. D mine's line was like. I prefer older women, but we have to settle for the not so young ones one day. <laughs> yeah, and, and at the time, Dean Martin was fifty-three. Jacqueline Bissett was twenty-six. Yeah, oh, so. yeah, but he's Dean like, Martin. Who would say no to Dean be. Martin? What a pimp! <laughs> yes, he's she's she's dating one eleventh of the Rat Pack. So <laughs> in real life, they they <laughs> in real life they were dating then. No, yeah, no, 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 no. But I mean, so. in the, for the for the purposes of this story, a twenty six year old is going to fall in love with this guy that smells like Chesterfield cigarettes and, uh, <laughs> and you know, like bad Dick scotch. Dickinson. And he'll give you a taste yeah. of the back of his hand if you step out. He's so orange. <laughs> <laughs> he looks good. I, I think Dean Martin actually in this is like I've not seen him this with it since like the old black and white kind Do of. Do you think he looks stuff. a little bit like? Because um... in Cannonball Run, when he plays the, uh, the priest. <laughs> 
Those priests weren't fathers. They, they were, were mothers. mothers. <laughs> he's, he's clearly drunk in that. He's got like the, the, the gin blossoms Isn't and Dean the bloodshot eyes. Isn't drunk anyway? But that, yeah, I think that got... wasn't that a big act. I don't that, think that he was, was a huge, drunk. Yeah. Yeah, her uh, his daughter said that uh, he drank the most iced tea of anybody she's ever known. Most of you know when he was on screen, he was just drinking iced tea. But it it played well. Mm-hmm. And after this movie, he and Burt Lancaster walked away with seven million dollars a piece in nineteen seventy dollars. That about That's like three million pounds, three point five million. Yeah, pounds. yeah. But 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 back then, I mean, this is like seven million nowadays would probably be about. Well, close to fifty million a piece. So, hmm. anytime he had to work, it was just like, "Yeah, sure, I'll go work for you." But it, he was doing it as favors. He never had to work again. And oh my God. This is the movie that made him the you know put him over the top. These um, bleeds. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So how so how old were how old were you when you first watched this? I was ten. I was ten when I saw this. I saw this in a movie theater, and so I, like I couldn't a figure out. Moment. It was. I wanted. I wanted to fly airplanes. I was like, I got to get into this thing. This looks really exciting, and and it it convinced me. My my mom had worked for American Airlines since like 1944, mm-hmm. and I had known the business side of it, like where they, you know, how they make reservations and stuff. But the actual operations, I never really. I, I thought about it kind of, but I, I, this this got me interested in things like air traffic control and stuff oh, okay. like that. And t- talking people down the i mean this movie is very dated in how they do the technology but they still do things pretty much the way they're doing it here that they you know they, the the conversations and stuff are all pretty accurate for the time yeah. a lot of uh, if you talk to a lot of pilots who are in their you know like the just retirement age like 50s and 60s a lot of them can trace their interest in aircraft and flying planes back to this movie they the guy joe petroni you know, george kennedy is a hero i mean he's mm. considered like Gosh, I want to be like Petroni. I want yeah. to be a guy that knows everything about everything with engineering. You know, he's like yeah. the Scotty. Of the show. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's like, I mean, you try you try not to step back too far and say to yourself, "Gosh, everybody else that works at this entire airport doesn't know how to shovel <laughs> an airplane out of the snow." Yeah. But they have to call this guy in on his day off. And, well, yeah, he's making it, out with the misses on the couch. Yeah. 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 And she, she's <laughs> wearing what looks like a drape. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he, you know, what's, what's the British is... term for that? Snogging, right? He's yeah. snogging with the missus. Or heavy, 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 heavy petting. Snogging. Yeah. I haven't he, he, was, he was going to show her his John Thomas. <laughs> no. Oh my God, you're a British actor. Easy. Amazing. I like Van Dyke would be proud, yeah. I think because Americans, I don't think English people kind of do arch American accents very good, but Americans do really good, like British arch accents. Do you know what I mean? They just do very posh. It's like the Queen's English, isn't it? Say no more. Say no more. Cat a tea. Laurie Stapleton's in this, isn't she? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. For the longest time, I was trying show. to put my finger on who she was. And I was like, oh, she's uh, Wilfred Brimley's wife from Cocoon. Oh my God, yeah. Oh my God, I totally yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, She's 1985, so 15 years later. So I'm not sure, like, she changed quite a lot in 15 years. Yeah, but, uh, you know, she's got a great agent that can get, you know, get her that job. That was astonishing. And she play everything that you see her in, every minute you see her in this thing, you believe, even though she's, you know, for the second half of this movie, she's mostly stumbling around and looking well, think, off in the middle I think she's the best performance in all of it, really, because I think when her husband, like, Van Heflin, gets on the plane and goes and she's like looking out the uh, at the plane taking off and she looks genuinely upset and stuff. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, yeah. 
She's crying and stuff. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, she's. I think she's like uh, the best performance in the entire thing. Really, she was good in Cocoon as well. That's where I know her from. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and you know, it, the thing is, when you, when you watch this movie a couple of times and you see her running through the terminal and stuff like that, and she's trying to get there on time, you'd swear that well, maybe this time she'll get there. You, know, <laughs> you believe the performance every time you see it, even if you've seen it dozens <laughs> of times. It's amazing. It's like, come on, make it, make it, Maureen. Uh, uh, can we? We can't do spoilers, can we? I was going to say. No, no, you can talk ahead. I mean, you can do your work. Okay, the <laughs> the uh, the pacing of this film, I think, filmmaking has changed it ever such a like a lot because you you've got a lot of usually. I think in a film now, you kind of like you get a few character beats where you get to know the people within about twenty minutes. I guess all the stuff. I think an airport happens. It's a two hour and two hour ten minute movie, right? Two hours fifteen ish. Yeah, that's right. For the first yeah, half, you're meeting people, and it's quite kind of uh, it's quite a laconic, slow pace. But then you have like the da- disaster part in the last kind of twenty minutes or half an hour. So Stop it's, looking at me, it's really weird. It seems quite kind of unbalanced. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's mostly exposition and very little. You know, the plot complication comes when more at just about a minute or two after this, when she doesn't quite make. You know, we can spoil this part. She doesn't make it to the. Uh, to flight two in time, no. but, but that's the end of the first act there, and we're an hour and five minutes into the movie, and we still haven't gotten to the end of the first act. So mm-hmm. it's uh, you know it's a lot of misconnections. It's a long and we're movie. Still, let's put it that yeah. way. Yeah, and it is a glacial pacing. I mean, this is definitely a, um, a, an artifact of the past. It's more of a character drama, really, and then they kind of go. It's almost like. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the director's name. Who directed Airport? George Seaton, sorry. Uh, it's George almost Seaton, like right. he's like he was really absorbed into the character drama. And then he goes, oh, holy, f- we've, we've <laughs> got a, the, the, the disaster part. Quick, quick put, put some stuff in. And then the last right. 20 minutes is like, there's a bomb, get Van Heflin. Oh, and there's a little old lady subplot. And Jacqueline Bissett, th- that was what I was talking about. Jacqueline Bissett beats the living snot out of this poor old woman because she's yeah. a stowaway on the ship, <laughs> on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> she goes to town on it, and I think this is where Airplane ate that scene where there was like they were just like, exactly where they're all lined, lined up, up to, the to club and, the yeah. old uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> oh, of is is Airplane the spoof of this film, or is it the kind of because there've been like I think four airports up until I think Airplane's nineteen eighty or seventy nine, right? Or is it eighty two? What year is Airplane? Air, Air, Airplane was nineteen eighty. This is yeah. this is seventy. Okay. And so, we, yeah, we've had pretty... all the airport films up to that point, haven't we? Right. right. They, they ran the franchise finished. into the ground, so to speak. They, yeah, they finished, uh, they finished with Airport 79 or Airport 80, as it was known in, uh, in Europe. Uh, and right after that, Airplane came out at Christmas. And this, this is what they were spoofing. Mostly they had gotten it from a previous movie called The High and the Mighty, the, that line where they said, well, we have to find somebody who didn't eat the fish and knows how to fly a plane. That's, that line was lifted directly from a John Wayne movie called The High and the Mighty, where the, uh, the cockpit crew was wiped out and they had to find a guy <laughs> who didn't like flying. He was, he was you know, like shell shot. And that whole thing about, you know, I'll never get over Macho Grande, yeah. that came from the John Wayne movie where he was like, he had to get over being, uh, you know, being in the cockpit and being responsible for the lives of other people. So that part came from The High and the Mighty. But all these other things where you're seeing... You know, people smacking the old lady. That's from that's from airplane. <laughs> also, I think Barry Nelson, Dean Martin's co-pilot. I really think they modeled Otto, the inflatable co-pilot, on him. Oh, he kind of has the funny. same you face. You could be right. That's very funny. 
And he's kind of got yeah. the square head haircut, the, the, like a haircut so sharp you could set your watch by. He's got that kind of head. Okay, now I'm picturing now I'm picturing Otto in the the autopilot trying to hire Jack Nicholson to run the uh, hotel in Sh- The Shining. <laughs> that's the same character, uh, but yeah, it, it's it's all it's all possible. I mean, all, and you know, once you, when you watch these things, it just kind of brings it all into more focus. As to the com- <laughs> I mean, the comedy is him. yeah. I've got a picture of Otto up on my laptop, and I'm ma- measuring it against uh, Barry Nelson's uh, beautifully quaffed do. And it's, uh, yeah, there's a remarkable resemblance. Yeah, it really it's the, is. It's the way the head kind of tapers and then just, like, stops. Like a mountain head. Yeah. <laughs> a mountain head? A yeah. mountain head. So how many, oh. how many films are about airplanes? There are well, many films about airplanes in the entire history of cinema, really. But the airplane, <laughs> I guess, franchise, I think there were four films. Is that right, guys? The airport, yeah, the airport franchise was four. It was airport, airport 75, 77, and then 79 slash 80. Concord. Which is the, the Concord, yeah. Upgrade. And then air, yeah, and then airplane had one and two, so they managed to get two. Well, I, I think the airplane two is a little bit weaker, yeah. but, you know, they, they why leave money on the table? One as well, soul plane. No, that that's, was, that's yeah. a spoof. I know, that's yeah. what you, but I'm just saying. A black spoof. There's only actually two black people in this. There's the black cop, and I think there's the black desk man. Black desk. Box. There was a lot of orange and very few oh, yeah. black people at the airport. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was filmed. It was filmed in uh, in Minnesota in in 1970, which was a rather uh, uniracial area. Yeah, I can imagine. But, and you know, it was, it was a product of its time. I mean, this, this movie, is, <laughs> this this movie is like watching a 1940s movie set in 1970. All <laughs> of these, yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot like the uh, the all star movie was started kind of way back in the 30s and with Grand Hotel. Yeah. And uh, these are, you know, just a, a bunch of has-been characters that they've dropped, that, you know, they've signed up. A lot of them are universal character players or company players, and uh, they drop them in. If you watch, uh, for example, uh, sometimes if you're seeing Helen Hayes, if you look behind Helen Hayes, you'll see a blonde woman. That's uh, Pat Priest. She's played Marilyn. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah, she uh Pat Priest is uh is from the Munsters. She's a uh Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, so you know, th- th- you'll see all these little characters and go, "Oh, there's something else." The the kid that's wearing the uh the, the horn room glasses. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the kid that looks like brains from Thunderbirds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was he was the young ape from uh, Planet of the Apes who was uh Cornelius's assistant. Oh, wow, okay. The, the, oh, uh, like the first Planet of the Apes, 90s. Yeah, State. exactly. Yeah, we're, we're, we're Charles Wilson tells us to keep fighting yeah. the man. Yeah. You're damned the dad said, Mama, Nova, get back. <laughs> he's constantly, oh, that constipated voice in each yeah, lesson. He's, yeah, he's the American James no, Mason. Move, you want me to apologize? You want me to apologize? <laughs> That's the best one. Because uh, you've got all the Owen Allen stuff through the 60s, all the kind of like high adventure did he kick off the kind of disaster genre or was it this film because we had the tower and inferno well the other airplane uh films yeah earthquake yeah earthquake yeah with sean connor it's five miles miles wide 49 no's and no 49 no's and a yes still means yes i actually watched the barbara walters clip of him again today which is like, and I'm sure Sean Connery, re- re- what is it, regrets this comment. And she's like, so, it said in an article, you like hitting women. He's like, well, I don't like hitting them, but uh, sometimes, sometimes they just yes. kind of get on the go. They push and, you to the wire. 
they push you to the wire and they get into a very provocative situation. So I think, yes, sometimes it's absolutely right to hit the woman. <laughs> and then they just splice in a slap. Just oh, Sean, we love Sean. Sean, Burt Reynolds, Dean Mine. Oh, dear. Yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's, it's, well, you know, that would have been a great movie if you had a Sean Connery. Well, you would have had Matt Helm fighting James Bond, so I don't know if that would have worked. Oh, that would have been excellent. <laughs> well, you almost have that because Barry Nelson was the first James Bond. He was. Yeah, he was uh, Jimmy yeah. Bond, wasn't he? In that Jimmy like, Bond, yes. TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he's the one that kicked it all off, and yeah, it's just it's just amazing how many little circles they're they keep going out of this one film. That you see all these this intersection of a bunch of great talent for a <laughs> what at first glance looks like a mediocre movie, but it well, it's got a strong storyline. Second, but after that, yeah. This George Seaton's kind of crazy for the split screen as well, isn't he? There were so many like split screens and kind of like portrait little pictures in the middle of pictures and stuff uh, throughout right, well, the first, I think, three quarters of the film. It was right after the documentary Woodstock came out, and Woodstock had nothing but sc- split screen, so everything is like you know two boxes and things moving back and forth. So yeah, he's yeah. like, we got to make this look modern, make it look now, and so. <laughs> He just you know, ran the optical printer through about 10 minutes. The, the one scene where they're talking about Burt Lancaster's uh, marriage falling apart. Like watching, uh, <laughs> his wife's talks like about that. She's like, you'll still be allowed to see the children. And he kind of just sits in his desk or like <laughs> hack doggy with his kind of like character actor face going. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, to tie it to another minute show, Star Wars, uh, Gene Seberg's winter coat at the start of the film with the hood on. Is like Padme's kind of like winter coat uh, outfit in the Clone Wars cartoon. Oh yes, I would I would agree. Yeah, it was a fact. Uh, you know, and that's where they probably, although you know, cause and effect that might have been lifted from watching you know watching Edith Head design. These are. Seaberg <laughs> died mysteriously young, didn't she? Uh, yeah, it said on her IMDb that she died in some mysterious circumstances. Well, the mysterious circumstances. She made an enemy she... of this government. You can't do that. Yeah. We're all friends. Remember that, Mr. NSA man. We're all friends. She, yeah, she had a no she had a, a massive <laughs> massive drug overdose in the seventies, but she had spoken out against the war, and uh, she was kind of had a hard time getting a job. Yeah, yeah. And, oh wow, uh, I didn't know that. Oh well, so she's kind of in that kind of like conspiratorial gray area that Marilyn uh, yeah. sorry, Monroe's death was in. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's tragic. I mean, she was such a great actress. You watch her in this in a kind of a thankless role. This is not, it didn't let her really spread her wings. You know, this is nothing like uh, like watching her French stuff. But mm. uh, you know, she was a great actress, and she did what she could with this material. And it's it was just kind of a lot of. And she didn't get along with uh, Burt Lancaster at all in this movie. They uh, they well, his thumbs were way too stuff. long. That's true. Yeah, those gigantic thumbs. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. He didn't. Uh, he thought that he, he thought you'd get the movie done. You know, one take, one take. Bert, uh, but Gene wanted it absolutely perfect, and they just did. They he didn't like that at all. But they did the takes required and got the movie done. Mm. Uh, but uh, it's it's interesting watching the the back and forth here. At, you know, most of this stuff would have been done. I don't think they would have gone on any locations. It all have been shot on a set nowadays mm. with uh, with green screens in the background. But the jumps back and forth between the uh, the real life scenery of uh, what's Minneapolis St. Paul Airport mm. and uh, and the studio, which is that immediate front gate and the airplane, which is a giant set with wild walls, it's pretty seamless when you're watching this. I mean, the lighting is is fantastic and uh, it's it's admirable as for production value. It's an admirable movie. You know, the the expectations in the movie are very very dated. But I think the strength of the movie is that it's 
you know, it has these high production values that you can still enjoy the entertainment of it. Do you know when smoking was banned? Because that, that was one little bit that knocked me for six. I was like, oh my God, they're all like lighting up. And I was oh, like, yeah. uh, I what mean, would it have been yeah. like back then to be on the plane? <laughs> oh, it, yeah. I mean, well, they have a non-smoking section, but you're in a tube that's locked out from With, the outside yeah, world. Yeah, the air. <laughs> there, is no, there is no non-smoking section. But yeah, that was, that was well into the mid-80s. Oh, so, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Was and, it something you... that kind of pr- prompted it? Because usually things only get stopped when like some disastrous thing happened. Was there a fire in a plane or something? Or no, no. no it mostly was just the fight against you know having smoke in public area. Yeah. <laughs> Although, you know, and there there were there were a couple of flights where the people in the smoking section, the smoking section was usually in the back. Uh, there were a couple of flights. Uh, a, a cra- there was an air crash in Dallas, for example, where a, a Lockheed L-1011 came down. The only survivors were in the smoking section because they were in the back of the plane. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, and you don't you don't normally hear of planes backing into mountains. So you know that's if you're a smoker, you had a chance of li- living because you're just in the back of the plane. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's amazing what a time capsule this whole thing is. That the the expectations of things like. Uh, you know, Jacqueline Bassett is having the discussion earlier uh, from not, not this minute, but earlier when he, she's having the discussion with Dean Martin about she's pregnant and she's not sure what to do about it. And she says to him something like, well, you know, you're not like other guys. Uh, they, you know, other guys would say, well, good luck, girl. Sorry. And toodaloo. And, you know, it's like, wait a minute. No, no. There's a thing called paternity. And you can, you know, sue the guy. And it, it, it you know, it, it was a whole different world then. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Uh, Interesting to watch just from the perspective of time. And this this whole thing was happening within the lifetime of, of me and Mark. So, you know, we've, we've seen the change, and it's not, it hasn't been as dramatic for us as, you know, somebody from y'all, y'all's ages that you look at this and like, that's the way the world worked back then? And yeah. It, you know, I mean, is, don't get us wrong. We're, we're very grateful to stop smoking in public. Is? I think you're I, a kitty wink. I know. <laughs> I'm forty. <laughs> I'm forty. Well, you're, an, you're an old man. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, an I old have, man. Damn it, true. I have Frankie. I have back teeth. I have back teeth that are older than forty. So don't worry. <laughs> uh Which one? You've seen all of the films. I mean, did did are you a fan of the entire kind of saga or franchise of these four films, or do you, are you no. just kind of hooked into the first one and that's it, and the others are just pale imitations? No. Oh no, no. The the this has a very steep decline. I don't know if you've seen any other films, but uh, well, you've seen seventy seven. But this, if if you watch them in order, it just gets worse and worse and worse, and it's just milking a an ever dying creature. Do they do What's well the, at the uh, box office? The other ones? Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. They kept I mean, making them, I guess, didn't they? I mean, what what's the what was the disaster in Airport seventy five? What was the big thing yeah. after then? Airport seventy five was, the, was what was a, the what was the MacGuffin in that? I guess in, in that in that one they were flying a seven forty seven. Uh, Ephraim Zemblis Jr. was flying an F, uh, was flying a 747. Who's the voice and, of Alfred in the Batman animated series? Uh, film nerds, thank you. There you are. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he he was flying with Eric Estrada. Oh. And, and uh, as they were flying, uh, Dana Andrews, who was uh, from he was the uh, the bombardier from uh, Best Years Are Alive, William Wyler film. Uh, he was flying a private plane, has a heart attack, and he crashes his uh, Beechcraft Bonanza into the cockpit of the 747. So. <laughs> Head stewardess Karen Black walks into the cockpit and finds out that everybody's missing. She's weirdly so. sexy. She's like ugly sexy. She's like uh, Carly Simon. There's something about her. She's Dirty like boss eyed. But yeah, that, that's it. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, you're just never <laughs> sure sexy. what eye to look into. It's that, that whole thing again. Yeah. Well, she's from the famous trilogy of Terror. Terror, and she's kind of uh, she's a uh, possessed by this weird kind of African voodoo doll. 
I think she's in Five Easy oh, Pieces. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a TV that's movie, thing. wasn't it? Yeah, but yeah, like Mark Maybe said, she's kind of like her weirdly attractive. There's something she's about her. She's like, yeah, but dirty, sexy. That's kind of in the yeah. Something. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. So I'm just gonna I don't know. Have, have you seen in Praise of Older Women? She's in that. Oh. And she's also <laughs> easy, Mark. Uh, <laughs> so she. Uh, that was a forest she, was also, she was also in uh, Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. Uh, no, Burt Reynolds. She was Burnt Offerings, not Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Burt Burnt, Burnt Offerings. <laughs> Whatever. She could have. I don't know. Who knows about Burt Reynolds? But yeah, Burnt Offerings was another one of those. Um, Oliver. Oliver Reed was in that, and uh, and Karen Black. She just she's great at really low budget movies. Uh, but this one, a very high budget film, they had to you know actually buy a, or rent a, a 747. So what uh, the basic plot line is is poor Karen Black, who's a flight attendant, and you know on top of that, a woman doesn't know how to fly the plane. So they figured rather than teaching Karen Black how to land a 747 by sitting down and just talking her through, it would be easier to drop. Charlton Heston out of a helicopter. Charlton on Heston. Ah. Yeah. And so <laughs> they, they had to, they had to lower uh, Charlton Heston on a rope to climb in the hole in the front of the cockpit. You blew it in. up. You, right. maniac. <laughs> you maniac. It's a madhouse. A madhouse. <laughs> oh my God. Love it. So uh, that's uh, we'll we'll be we'll be talking more about that on the airport uh, airport seventy five. I was going to say that you're going to go all through the film. I'm going to tr- probably try and dra- drag Mark kicking and screaming through this, but he's been a, a good sport on, on airport. Well, I think so we'll we, if you think we're old now, we'll be really old by the time we get to airport seventy five. <laughs> yeah, you be believe you can do it? You can do it. Yeah. We are yeah. on Genesis. Well, the ones we the, the films we thought we wouldn't like doing, we ended up liking doing, and the films we were like, oh, we can't wait for Terminator Two. We had nothing that was, to say about it because it was such a good film I think we liked it so much and mm. I think I guess the things you're less familiar with or have less reverence for you might actually have even more yeah, kind of like joy of talking about, about. Than I about Airport 77 speaks for itself it's Christopher Lee uh, and the, the uh, if anyone him. listening Google the poster yeah, right so now Airport 77 one of the greatest posters ever tells you the story yeah. and all you need to know and Concord what's the uh, what's the Concord one Concord it's is strangely enough there's this large fast moving plane uh it's uh being a, i'm trying to remember what the backstory was but it winds up with uh, george kennedy who's the pilot of the concord and he's still joe petroni for some reason okay uh he's being chased by fighter planes <laughs> that are trying to shoot him out of the sky and all he has is a flare pistol so he and a cigar and I am not i am yeah and a cigar. i am not making the, this up he's he rolls down the window of the concord and starts shooting at the fighter planes with a flare pistol uh. so Tune in tomorrow for that one. It's, uh, yeah, it's it's dreadful, and it, you know the worst, it, Yeah, it's wow. So we'll we'll be talking about that for hours on it. He only just died. Uh, I didn't realize George Kennedy was ninety one. He died in uh, February, didn't he? This year, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Great, great guy. He was in so many great movies. Cool and Luke. and he yeah even this yeah <laughs> no eggs were involved in this production, but uh, it's it's amazing. Movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he he loved being Petroni. Everybody, you know, I mean, that was such a great character. Get me him. Petroni. <laughs> <laughs> but he, yeah, he was he was good, and you know, I I think anybody watching this movie, that's I think that's the guy you're going to remember. You're going to remember that the great thing about the seven oh seven kid, it does everything but read. And, you know, like, like, well, because they waited. Uh, I mean, airports is obviously nineteen seventy. Airport seventy nineteen seventy five. Actually, well, it says 1974 on IMDb, but whatever. So they waited like five years for the new film to come out. And then they kind of knocked them out like every two years, didn't they? 77, 79. 
So. Yeah, there was kind of kind of a changing of the guard. Uh, Lou Wasserman was was losing control of MCA U- Universal, and he he hated Ross Hunter. Uh, Ross Hunter was the producer who was who was responsible for this movie, and Ross Hunter had gotten the board to approve ten million dollars to fund this thing. Wasserman didn't want to do it, and he did everything he could to destroy this movie. He had he had previews of rough cuts out in the middle of nowhere, and he thought nobody's going to like this movie, but they got positive feedback from it. So the board said, "Yeah, no, this is okay," and. Despite making a hundred million 1970 dollars off of this movie, Wasserman never let uh, Russ Hunter make another movie for Universal. And you know, it, it's just crazy. It's all this. You know, this is obviously something that could be turned into a formula, but it took him five years to come up with the next movie, mm. and it was, it was real cash well, money for this. Actually, I've just answered my own question. They probably jumped back on the airport bandwagon because you had like the towering inferno and earthquake, which obviously did very well with this all-star cast and the Poseidon Adventure, of course, with Gene Hackman. Yeah, Poseidon Uh, Adventure was mm. probably the big kickoff on that. And Mm -hmm. then this this is just before. Remember, Airport seventy five is just before while they're while they're shooting Jaws. So most of the money went into uh, went into Jaws. I mean, Jaws was eating up most of their budget, Mm. but they still had leftover money to make this disaster film for the the previous year for Airport seventy five. it's kind of it's, yeah, it's kind of a strange because airports. This looks like a very very old film, but then you kind of skip forward like five or six years, and I like, I'm not sure if it's just it was like this new kind of film school kind of bunch of wonderkind kind of directors like Scorsese and Spielberg came along, and like things changed. It's very strange and hard to believe that Jaws is only five years away from this, or Close Encounters is like I think six or seven years, and Star Wars seven years away. Because you've got Logan's Run in 1976, which looks very, very dated, very 70s, very beige and weird. And then a year later you've got this like almost timeless brilliant production design Star Wars movie. It's like the difference is night and day, I think, sometimes. In, in this, It's such a short space of time that films look so, so like Cutting edge, yeah, it, different. It, 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 I mean, it's it's like the you know it's like the invention of the talkies. It's just one of those things that once it changed, it never went back. And these kind of movies are such dinosaurs. You can't, you know, they had to change that whole format. But the basic format of it was they were they weren't trying to sell to kids. This is this movie yeah. isn't for like the teenagers and stuff. This is for old people who remember nineteen forties movies. That's why when you're watching, you guys. yeah, exactly. I know. But even then, because they were kids about that. <laughs> yeah, but, I was but, yeah, I was a kid in the forties. <laughs> it was tough he, you know he had that uh that 4f from the army and couldn't fight in normandy it's just like the lighting and the film stock sorry because I, I was going to say in later scenes when dean martin's in the cockpit with uh barry like the film kind of looks very degraded and old it's like very almost washed up there's that little well, scene that, where that the was, kind that, of that was actually... appears in the middle in between them and it goes very dark and then every scene of that scene is very kind of like uh scratchy and grainy after that the scenes that the clip i'm watching when they're in the cockpit the one we're on now this minute looks kind of fine but later on in the film they look very like dark as almost like they didn't kind of like uh grade the film perhaps i don't know that that's actually an artifact of the uh the transfer the 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 particular print that you're looking at is an earlier film that was transferred in 2003 Ah, okay the, the newer one that's available from uh, Amazon, by the way, also available at our website at uh, airportminute.com. On the right-hand side of the screen, you can find you can order. And the the new restoration <laughs> restoration of this uh, is in Blu-ray, and it's actually it's been down converted from uh, 4K restoration, so it's crystal clear. I mean, that, all that that stuff when you see it, it actually looks like it's being filmed on filmed off of a projection screen. It almost looks like some kind of a bootleg mm. in this in this one. 
but uh, yeah, they've they've improved it greatly on the Blu-ray. Would Blu-ray or is 4K or Blu-ray forgiving to something like this? Because I imagine back then you'd see all the kind of daubing marks of the makeup and stuff and all the kind of oh like... yeah yeah it's I mean if you look at if you look at Burt Lancaster in the in he the looks movie, like the Grand Canyon with a wig. <laughs> Yeah, he looks he looks like the moon with eyes. Just kind of, you know, just wow. Just, just acne was very hard on him apparently. But yeah, I I mean, you can see all the things like uh, the, the the three different colors of eyeliner on Jacqueline Bissett's eyes and yeah, you know, she apparently for a stewardess, she had a lot of spare time to work on her eyes. Um she but yeah, like a not a pair. She's quite clearly spent a lot of time on her. Hair. I don't know, she wants yeah. hot though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's she did she did good in a. In, I mean, this is like her this is like her third film. She was in uh, she was in Casino Royale as Miss Good Thighs, and then mm-hmm. she was in like one other film in between this. But this is basically her first big breakout. Film. Yeah. yeah, big. Hollywood she's got a sexy style. voice though. She's got that lovely like that. Well, it's almost exactly like Caleb Rock's voice. It's like very perfect English. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like received English there yeah. when she when she chats and. You know, it's like, what's she doing as a flight attendant? Just, she could be announcing somewhere. She could be doing the uh, the announcements for uh, for the airport. <laughs> yeah, does a does a great does a great job. There's uh, that line that uh, that Helen Hayes has when just before she uh, grabs her by the scruff of the neck and pulls her up to the cockpit, and she's saying, uh, "You're English, aren't you?" Because you're uh, I now I can't remember the exact line, but she's like, "You make our language sound so beautiful." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I was going to say, uh, is this something just lost on? Because I've only seen it once. Uh, there's the old lady kind of stowaway subplot, and then you've got uh, the spoilers. Uh, you can edit this out. The bomb bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no. There's there's actually nine stories going on. There's, there's nine. Uh, there's nine different stories. It's fine. The remember. bomb bit's in the trailer. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is yeah. it? Okay. I was going to say because when the bomb goes off, uh, Jacqueline Bissett is blown three feet from the door yeah as a splinter in her eye but she apparently is okay but uh yeah van the van heflin story that's kind of the main that, well that's one of that's one of the stories i mean the, the main story here is about uh mel bakersfeld uh burt lancaster who apparently has no ability to delegate anything he has to go out everything from telling people how to shovel snow to uh keeping the airport open to you know, making sure that the the hand towels in the ladies' washroom are still there. So it, it he goes on with all these different things, but uh, but Mel is our basic character. So he's he's got a situation where uh, there's a plane stuck out on the runway. Uh, that's that's plot number one. How are they going to get the stuck plane off the runway? Mm. Uh, number two is his marriage is falling apart. Uh, so he's got to deal with that. He's also got to deal with uh, he's having an affair, or he almost is having an affair with Gene Seberg. I picked so half a week to quit sniffing glue. <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> it's Lloyd Bridges. Yep. Um, and then we've got Dean Martin, who's uh, you know he's cheating on Barbara Hale, and he's well, also yeah with with uh, and then he's got you know Jacqueline Bissett's pregnant. Well, if and, Barbara uh, Hale had any issue with it, he'd just give her a slap, wouldn't he? And she'd be like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'll give you a glove size seven and a half." So. <laughs> Deal with it, Barbara. Get on with it, Jacqueline. I'm literally being shouted at. There's like a. Gale I'm excited to be on the show. Also, you've got that wonderful shot of the model taking off from a dry ice fog bank. Yes, yes, yes. 
Yes, and only seven years before uh, Battlestar Galactica. So there you are, exactly. from the same studio. Isn't all this really Dean Martin's fault though? Because they're kind of there's a chance to stop the plane, and he's like, "No, we're leaving." And kind of he's the one that gets the plane off in the air, isn't it? When they kind of. Uh... But that's more of that's more of you know just like a Greek tragedy thing. He did, he doesn't know there's a bomb in the plane, and nobody bothered telling, and nobody else except for Maureen Stapleton at this point knows that the guy has a bomb. Those pilots weren't so, fathers; they were mothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's it you know it's it's all just uh if only something had changed this flight or that flight but there's only you know there's only one death in this whole movie spoilers and uh <laughs> yeah and then there's the whole idea that something else is going on with it. one way to look at this movie when you watch this again for the second time is consider whether or not helen hayes everything she says is a lie yes. nothing like like she she's actually a smuggler and this is only the this is the feint to get her back on an airplane. And they're just thinking of her as a little old lady that's trying to get to New York. But actually, she's probably in with Lloyd Nolan. In she's the, stealing uh, H, in... damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't treat her like a little old lady. Jacqueline yeah. Bissett beats the living snot out of her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good, good, good solid slap there. Uh, uh, she, uh... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, you're an aerospace uh, uh, fan and expert and stuff. When the, sorry, spoilers, bomb goes off... Uh, Thing. <laughs> doesn't is it kind of technically correct the depressurization and stuff and or whatever yeah, just been frozen to death and sucked out of the plane no no pretty like much as uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't any gert probe to plug it up <laughs> no it, it pretty much how uh, george kennedy was explaining that the uh you know a, a sudden decompression that the people nearby would get sucked out there was a a very famous uh, uh explosion of a or a, a a plane delaminated. In other words, it lost the top of itself. Uh, 737, Aloha Airlines, uh, they lost the flight attendant, but they flew back home from 30,000 feet with people strapped in. And, uh, you know, they just... They, Where's the flight attendant? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it, I mean, this, this is all... It, it's surprisingly real how, how many of these things are actually, you know, they're, they're based on real life. And Arthur Haley, the guy that wrote the book, he spent a lot of time doing uh, research and a lot of the stuff that's happening in here, like the, smu- you know, uh, the smuggling and the stowaways and uh, what happens to, you know, the, the air traffic control and stuff. All of that was research, and it comes from war stories that he collected from talking to different people in, uh, in real airports. Surprisingly so. So, Ellie, this is, this is your first time ever. Well, I guess, Ethan, you, you haven't seen this movie either. Your first impression of this movie, I mean, do you have a one word that, kind of sums up how you felt when you watched the movie? Uh, it's all to me. Oh, gobsmacked. Sorry. You go first, Ollie. <laughs> she knows her place. Well, in the two minutes that I... No, it's not even two minutes. No, shut down! Sorry. In the, one minute, in the one minute I watched, I really couldn't gather anything from it apart from the fact it did just look like something out of Thunderbirds. Uh, so I then decided to watch the trailer... And then that kind of explained a little bit more, but then it did. It just made me think of Airplane, and I thought this is probably actually quite a funny movie. So after watching it, I reckon on a on a on a rainy Sunday, I'll uh, you have a lot make of those. myself a <laughs> yeah, we do. Um, and Fridays, I'll definitely have to give it. A... <laughs> I'll definitely have to give it a watch. But I'm a big fan of our old school movies, so the graininess and the orange uh, complexion of the uh, characters in the film don't put me off. Okay, well, we'll let's see how we go. And Ethan, how how do you feel on 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 seeing? Uh, I think the pacing of the film I didn't enjoy because, like you said, it moves at a glacial pace, and then it's almost like they go, oh, "This was meant to be a disaster movie." <laughs> uh, 
but I had a great time as a film fan, just like spotting people or miss spotting people going, is that the guy from it? Is this the guy from that? Oh my God, everything's orange. So I think compared to the other disaster movies, I don't think it's as good, but I guess because it's the first out of the gate, they were just finding their feet and then I, can't, I guess they streamlined the formula. So it's actually prompted me to go and watch the other airport movies now because I do vaguely remember Airport 77 and The Swarm with Michael Caine is completely unrelated. But uh, <laughs> that also <laughs> popped into my head. Uh, but no, I think it's fine. It's uh, it's the first yeah. one out the gate. I like uh, most of the actors that I recognised out of it, and even some that I didn't. So yeah, I just think the pacing. I think what to perfect the film or make it a better cut, maybe lose twenty minutes out of it. I think if they tighten the movie down, maybe twenty yeah, twenty five minutes, or going down to like an hour and forty five instead of like two hours and was it thirty. Yeah, there's there's whole sections of yeah, okay, we get yeah. it. She's running through the terminal. But I mean, okay. you got a lot of that with the Sean Connery Bond yeah. films. You yeah. go right. I'm going to do this now. The camera would literally follow him walking out of Emma's office, down the road, across the road, into a shop, doing this, doing that, waving at someone before he actually got to the next scene. And I think that was just a symptom of like like 50s or 60s filmmaking, where you'd kind of like they'd show so so much, and you kind of like. Now, whereas now, maybe I guess we're used to kind of like faster cutting and a, a tighter edit. They kind of get to the point maybe quicker. So, you know, they cut a lot of the fat out of the films. So I think, uh, yeah, to to make it yeah. more of a, a watchable film, because it was, it was quite draggy in places for me. It, 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 would, it would be a great TV episode, yeah. for like 48 minutes long, and you just, you know, lost, maybe lost. I think there could have been a lot more drama you know, mind just... out of the fact this guy had a bomb. At the, at the end, instead of going, he's got a bomb within five minutes, of course, he kind of detonates that, and then they kind of land within ten minutes. They they could have got to the hour mark, discovered he had a bomb, and they could have been this, like, really, I guess now they'd make this great tension, this kind of, like, battle of words or minds between Dean Martin and Van Heflin and stuff, trying to talk him out of it, trying to figure out a way, someone kind of sneaking below deck and going up and behind and coming in the back of the plane trying to grab him, that kind of thing. So it's kind of they front load all the kind of the, yeah. the, the human story at the start, but they kind of lose the kind of dramatic tension at the end, basically, because they kind of go, oh, my God, and they try and cram everything into the last, like, 15 minutes. But so I'm looking forward to the next uh, yeah, sequels I, with great, uh, uh, what is it, rapt attention. I'm going to try and uh, watch this, basically. I don't know. Oh, what yeah. are your thoughts on it? It's one of your favorite films. I've just I, kind of shit, shit on it in a creative the right way. I, well, I... I keep feeling I keep feeling that I'm gonna get sick of it. I mean, and I've I think I've watched you know ever since I started this podcast. I think I'm watching it just about every single day just to make sure I got you know I'm mm. understanding what I'm what I'm talking about. But I I find the rewatchability is very surprising. I, I watch little things. I start noticing you know little little actions between the the minor characters stuff that's going on. Mark has been um, it, Mark didn't watch this a lot as a kid. I've I've watched it. My kids have watched this movie. I've on the I've on the VC, mm. you know, the, the video of it for years and years. And I've seen it a lot. Uh, Mark, in watching it again, has pointed out some things that I never noticed, even though I've seen the movie hundreds of times. And uh, Mark, Mark, how did you how do you feel about the film as you're watching it? Do you well, think I, you could I, sit through it again sometime? And it, but, it <laughs> um, no, no, no. In, in all fairness, it's it's like uh, once you get past the pacing and everything, it, it's a very well made movie. Very you know well directed. Uh, 
the performances are, are great. It's just, you know, it, it, like you said, it's a product of its time. Yeah. I, I mean, I love the, the characters are great. They're, and like you, were, like you were saying earlier, Ethan, that is, it, it, the glacial pace, mostly being a character study, this is almost like watching an entire season of a TV show. And, you know, something like, like there's these interminable scenes like you're in the diner with Maureen Stapleton and Van Heflin and they're chatting and it goes on for like 15 minutes. And we've been through those minutes I together. Did, that's the, I like that. I it, think that Maureen but, Stapleton was my favorite character because you kind of get – he was kind of this like bum and he was, couldn't never get, get his shit together basically. And she was kind of like this uh, sticking by him but she knows kind of it's uh, – no matter what she says, it kind of never ever gets better for them, and she's kind of just like bereft when he leaves, and she realizes she can't stop him. You know, so I, I liked all those bits. That was the bit that I that kind of uh, hooked me yeah. in. Just- yeah, and you know, when when you watch Maureen Stapleton in that scene when she's first, you know, like she's she's filling up the uh, the sugar containers and things like that. That's the best moment of mm-hmm. her life in this movie. I mean, it, it only gets worse from that moment. It just gets yeah, keeps yeah, going yeah. down and down and down. And you just really feel for her, and it's it's amazing because you know you look at her and you go, "Oh, that's Maureen Staple," and she's been in a, you know she was in Cocoon, but you're pulled into the idea of the reality of Inez Guerrero and the, the hell of a life that she's got, and the hell of a life that she's looking forward to at the end of the thing where she's hugging uh, Gene Seberg. So, it, you know, it I didn't think I cared about these characters until I started you know watching this movie in depth and going, "Yeah, I really do wonder what you know well, what's sure going all these people." Um, yeah, that's. <laughs> It's true, but yeah, we we do have to talk. Uh, have to talk about that next movie if if, if you do get okay. that underway. I'm, <laughs> I'm your man. Uh, I, I love that. I love that film. But listen, thank you for. It's been a wonderful. Yes, hour. Hour. Am I really it's an been hour. an hour with wow. a Oh my god! And, uh, and you guys got to okay. work tomorrow. I am so no, sorry, no, but I am very fun. grateful. I love talking about uh, movies. I can do this till the cows come out. No matter what the movie is, so they're on their way home now. <laughs> they should be home any minute now. Yeah. Wow, but uh, but listen, th- thank you so much for being on. Hopefully, we can do this again in in our many. Well, you guys gonna, you uh, come on our show. And, uh, We're going to try to lock down a minute. We come back and we can uh, have you on the uh, two minute Terminator where we kind of uh, dismantle was it Terminator Genesis? <laughs> Terminator Genesis, yeah. And uh, I thought I think uh, Mark hasn't seen Terminator. No, I did. Genesis, I actually so you... saw it oh, in the did? room where they mixed it out here in Hollywood. Oh, that's a oh, shame. That's we, our last guest, the was it Ghostbusters Minute guys. They. Uh, one of them not seen it. One of them had, so it kind of added a nice dynamic to it. <laughs> well, I, I've forgotten it pretty much, so we can yeah. go from there. <laughs> Who are you again? What is this? What year is it? Who's the president? <laughs> Find me, Kyle Reese. Uh, yeah, the uh, it, it's uh, yeah. So uh, we we'd be more than happy to to be again on your show. But thank you for being on ours, and hopefully, you know, we'll have you back back some more. Yeah, and, no, I'll uh, come you know, back on for this. Dude, I'll come on for all of them. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bloody hell! Have we got the have we got the record for the longest episode now? I think we have. I think yeah. I think you've done been it like the longest week of episodes. Maybe this. Maybe. Yeah, we're, we're usually like a fifteen yeah. minute or, but this well, this has been a great and important episode. So well, I, I like yeah, I like getting digging deep on this stuff. We kind of go like long on our shows. I think we're the longest uh, generally per episode minute show there is, or two minute show rather. But. Uh, uh. Well, I, I I think that uh, you know I keep picturing uh, hundreds or possibly dozens of people uh, sitting in their cars listening. Going, I've got to go to work. I've got to stop listening to this podcast. But maybe they're <laughs> you know, they're hanging in here toward the end. He's like, it's got. When are they going to play the music and stuff? But uh, but thank you, thank you again so much for being on the show. Uh, pleasure. We'll come back anytime. <laughs> All right. And we, we we must ask you to plug away mightily for uh, both. Uh, uh, 
two minute Terminator and uh, Ethan. I know you run questionable. Do you have any? I know you have several other points well, that you. Well, like I've to... got I've got one show where I kind of is my grown up show where I interview like actual people uh, from uh, you know film directors to, to actors and stuff to uh, ex Scientologists. So we, I've got this like great mix of interesting people. So if you want to know what what it is to escape Scientology, tune in. If you want to know what. Uh, Starring at a big Hollywood blockbuster like David Ajala, who's in Fast and the Furious, I think six and seven now. Uh, you can listen to his kind of like uh, interview I've done with him. Uh, the other show I, of course, do, which is similar to this one, where we take about take about the Terminator films, mm. is uh, Two Minute Terminator. You can find it on iTunes, even though the artwork is wrong. It's a picture of me because uh, Apple messed it up. I need to kind of get it corrected. Uh, but you can find us at Two Minute Terminator on Facebook. So please uh, follow us and like the page there. We've got the biggest collection of rare. Uh, Terminator film clips and uh, movie stills and stuff, uh, and or follow us on Twitter. So it's two shows: questionable EMCQ or Two Minute Terminator. Well, me and Ellie like uh, battle each other, and the uh, the Terminator films. Two minutes at a time. <laughs> well, they're they're both they're both great shows, and I, I I am a faithful listener. But thank you, thank you so much. Uh, if for the folks listening and wanting to comment on our show, you can join us at anything that says airport minute on it we've got airport minute on twitter we've got airport minute on facebook also look for the airport minute uh, uh commanders club which is also available on facebook uh if you want to hear this show monday through friday we are available on itunes please subscribe and leave us a wonderful message about how great you love the show especially when we have uh guests from uh, overseas on uh so please leave many as many stars as you can on there uh, it always helps to help us find more viewers or more listeners i think i've already done uh, that for you jim I, I will check i was gonna say all listeners mm-hmm. as well uh Give us a love review because I always forget to ask. So you're right to do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, do I? We seem to be stuck at five. I don't know why it hasn't been updating, but maybe by the time by the time this show premieres, which is sometime in either November or December, I forget which. But uh, we will have yeah, le- uh, many many things of that. So uh, also join us at the big site airportminute.com where you can uh, order copies of. Uh, of airport and all of its ilk and, uh, and uh, descendants, uh, available right there. You know, we don't make a lot of money off of it, but it's nice to actually have seen the movie once you're listening to the, <laughs> once you're listening to the podcast, but that always helps out. Uh, so thank you so much again, uh, guys, we hope to have you on again soon. Pleasure. We'll be there. Uh, with bells on. That's great. And, uh, well, in the meantime, and have a great weekend, everybody. And, uh, we will talk to you all next week on the other side here on the airport minute until then. Good day. Good day, Governor. Good day, listeners. Good night. Oh, no, the plane's crashing. Bloody Nora. <laughs> nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Bowling. Mm-hmm.